Good morning. Bid you grace and peace and welcome to our worship service this morning, both in person and online. Uh, trust God is with us as we have called, uh, as he has called us into his house today. Please join me in the call to worship. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. Pray, let Israel be glad in its maker. Let the children of Zion rejoice in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing, making melody to him with tambourine and lyre. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He adorns the humble with victory. As you're able, let's stand and sing together. one voice and one heart, one faith, may we affirm it with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, 
suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray. Creating and sustaining God. You have called all things into being and you hold them in their appointed places. We join this day with all your creatures in heaven and on earth in singing our hymns of praise before your holy name. You've shown us the example of how we are to live with one another. You've put into our hearts the knowledge that we are to love our neighbors as ourselves. Yet we often fall short of your standards. We do not always treat one another with respect. We can hold grudges and turn away from those who do not think like us. We pray that your spirit of love might stir within us to grant us the ability to set aside any divisiveness and anger, that we can learn to disagree in ways fitting to your teachings. Knit us together in ways that promote your good news and fill us with a, with a gratitude that is contagious to those around us. May the saving and healing power of Jesus Christ comfort those in pain and those hurting for whatever reason that bodies, souls, and relationships may be healed. We pray in the confidence that we gain from Jesus' promise to be with us always when we gather in his holy name. And now we join together to pray as we've been taught. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As you know, we had a very successful consignment sale. I invite Gina to come and tell us a little bit about that. Good morning. I, I'm Gina Bartz, and I'm president of Germantown United Women in Faith. And I'm here to happily share the results of our most recent fundraiser. On August 25th and 26th, we held the fall children's consignment sale. We had 250 consigners who brought 26,500 items to sell. The OLIC was bursting at the seams. It was our most profitable fall sale to date, earning $19,500 for the 13 missions we helped support. 
In addition to the $19,500 profit for missions, we donated 2,711 items valued at $13,329 to several organizations. Under the leadership of Becca Keel, Anna Nickel, and Lauren Boswell, our Children's Consignment Sale Committee put in countless hours preparing for the event, then they put their lives on hold during the sale. I am here today not only to share numbers, I am here to thank the church leadership staff, um, the, church, the church leadership, the staff, and all of you from the bottom of our Germantown United Women in Faith's hearts. We could not accomplish any of this without your support. During the sale, we are given the use of OLEC, which requires the suspension of recreational activities for three days. The gym floor is covered to protect it from our equipment by the maintenance staff. Our OLIC director gives up his office to allow us to keep our collections safe. Men from our church assemble and disassemble the racks for us. The safety team supplements our hired security to keep us safe. The event is publicized through the church's publications and online. Tim holds an organizational meeting before the event with key church staff and the children's consignment sale leadership to make sure we are well coordinated. Sunday school classes and individuals bring us food during the fundraiser. The last day of our sale is an overwhelming demonstration of the collective servant's heart. To help us ready the gym for PRISM, our church leadership created a day of service. This year, 60 members of our church poured into the gym to help us sort clothing, books, equipment, furnishing, and toys for donations and consigner pickup. You make this event possible. It is such a labor of love and outreach to the community. People can buy clothing at reasonable prices. Students can earn service hours. Missions receive much-needed funding, and our church members join hands to make something wonderful happen. We thank you so, so very much. Gina, thank you, and thank everybody who was involved in the consignment sale. It's not just a, an event that we have twice a year. It is an act, an act of being the church and the church working together to give up time and resources for the furtherment of the kingdom, and that is what we are about. May our ushers come forward as we give up resources to do that very thing.
You recognize, or you, you may not, but I do recognize the composer's name of that piece as Ben Wegner. Uh, Mary and I first met Ben on a tour bus headed to South Dakota when he was that tall, barely out of diapers, running up and down the bus, terrorizing everyone. And then I ran across this piece, of course, many years later, and he had written it for his choir in St. Paul. 
So I was greatly pleased to discover that. It's the support of children in music in the church, the reason I bring that up, and I share this lovely graphic with you that today at 5 p.m., our youth and children's choirs begin their time of service and rehearsal at five o'clock tonight. If you have not registered your child for this, it's okay. Do please come and still join in the activities at 5 p.m. Maybe you'll be a composer in the future that will be singing your music and you learned about it here. I share another uh, brief announcement about uh, the creation of an endowment fund for music ministry activities that take place here in the sanctuary. Patty and Mark uh, Harriman have given generously to develop this endowment fund in honor of Mark's mother, Dell. And like all other endowment funds, we keep the uh, seed and only spend and operate from the interest earned in a year. And I've committed that in this first year, the first act that we'll do with our distribution is to commission a new piece of music around a scripture that was a favorite of Mrs. Harriman uh, to honor that great gift and the initiation of the endowment fund. And my encouragement to you is to continue um, the growth of the endowment fund with your generous giving to that wonderful gift from the Harrimans. It helps us do things that are well beyond the budget uh, provided by the church. So thanks for that future support. It's grace like that gift uh, that Mark and Patty have offered that we sing about in our next hymn. And if we can find it all together, I invite you to stand and sing together number 365, Grace Greater Than Our Sin.
Good morning. Hi. I'm so glad that y'all are here in worship with us today. All right. I have a set of flashcards for us to use this morning. How many of you use flashcards when you learn something? Just a few of you. Oh, man. How many of you used flashcards when y'all used to study? Look, they're all on the computer now, by the way. All right. So let's see if we can get a few of these flashcards right. These are special Matthew 18:20 flashcards. Do y'all see that? Okay. All right. I didn't maybe not made them big enough. What is one plus one? Y'all think it's two? All right. Let's see if I get, we get the answer right. What's that? Three. Hmm. Okay. Let's try another one. What is two plus two? I think it's four. Mm, let's see. Five. Y'all have already got it. Y'all remember that these are special Matthew 18, 20 flashcards. Matthew 18 is our scripture for today. Let's read a little bit of it and see if the Bible helps explain our answers on our flashcards. Jesus said, for where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. Oh, y'all get it? I see. So if two or three people are there, are gathered in Jesus' name, Jesus is there too. So one plus one equals three, and two plus two equals what? Five, right? So there are lots of places that you and I gather with other people. One way is right here in worship. When we gather in worship, we connect with each other and with God. Now, if we can remember this scripture when we gather in other places, we can maybe affect the way that we behave in our actions. So, like at home, when you gather for dinner, we remember that Jesus is with us and we usually say a prayer before our meal, right? What about at the playground? At school, you may gather on the playground with friends and if you remember this scripture, maybe you can say a kind word to a new kid or include someone in your game that might be lonely, okay? I want you to remember that when you gather with others to think about this scripture and to always show the love and kindness that Jesus gives to you. All right, look around this room. I'm not sure exactly how many people are here today, but whatever that number is, you can add one to it because Jesus is here too. All right, let's try one more flashcard. What is three plus three? Seven. Very good. Let us pray. All right, dear God. We thank you for this day, and we thank you for your word in the Bible. Thank you for your son, Jesus. We are so glad that he is here with us this morning as we gather to worship in your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I invite you to stand for the reading of the gospel this morning. Gospel of Matthew chapter 18 verses 15 through 21. If your brother or sister sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If you are listened to, you have regained that one. 
But if you are not listened to, take one or two others along with you so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If that person refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly, I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. And then Peter came and said to him, Lord, if my brother or sister sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning. The grace and peace of Christ be with you. I add my welcome to all that are here this day. Thankful for the beautiful flowers today celebrating Phil and Gretchen Blair's 65th wedding anniversary this week. And uh, thank you also for the beautiful music. Todd, there's a story I heard of a church where the music minister and the preacher didn't get along. Thankfully, that's not the case here, right? Over time, their disagreement on the direction of the church began to spill over into the, um, into the congregation and started having uh, effects. And the preacher preached one Sunday about commitment because they had disagreed on the direction of the church and the preacher preached on commitment and how we should dedicate ourselves to the church mission. And to close, the music director chose the song, I Shall Not Be Moved. <laughs> and the next week, the preacher preached on gossip and how we should all be watching our tongues as he looked over at the choir director. And the music director chose for the final hymn, I Love to Tell the Story. <laughs> and the preacher became completely disgusted. He told the congregation the following Sunday that he was considering resignation the music director chose for the final hymn, Oh, Why Not Tonight? <laughs> the next week, the preacher did decide to resign, and he informed everyone he believed Jesus wanted him to leave. And, of course, the music director chose, What a friend we have in Jesus. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Wherever people gather, there will always be disagreements. Society, communities, certainly politics, but also friendships, families, and even, believe it or not, religion. It has been so from the beginning of time. Cain and Abel had a disagreement about an offering that was made. David's wife, Micah, disagreed with how he was worshiping. In the early church, Paul had disagreements with Barnabas and with Peter. Disciples disagreed and argued over who was the greatest. Countless church councils through the years have dealt with disagreement. Indeed, our own denomination is involved in disagreements right now. As human beings, disagreements are bound to occur. It's not a matter of if, 
but when. And this text somewhat concerns what to do when someone believes that disagreement has occurred because someone has sinned against them. And so it also ought to give us pause to think about disagreements in general with others and how to deal with them. Now, contrary to what some have made this text throughout the years, this text is not a recipe for the proper way to excommunicate someone. It is, rather, a manual for reconciliation and for how to deal with disagreement. We can learn a lot from our Lord Jesus when we look at these instructions that the Lord gave the disciples and we look at them in the proper context. To understand what Jesus is saying is to appreciate the context of his remarks. Preceding this text today was an incident in which those disciples were having such a disagreement over who would be the greatest in the kingdom. And Jesus had taken a little child and answered that one must become like a child to enter the kingdom and warned the disciples and those around to be very careful never to be a stumbling block to such as these lest they receive judgment. Then Jesus proclaimed these words. For the Son of Man is come to save the lost. And then he continued the thought. He then told the parable of the lost sheep where the shepherd leaves 99 to go search for one. Concluding with these words. For it's not the will of your Father in heaven that any, as such as the least of these, should be lost. Then this follows what we heard today. It's practical guidance in the interest of seeking the lost and to practice the seeking love of God that has sought out each and every one of you and me. First, Jesus tells us to meet with another out of concern. Jesus said, if someone sins against you, what? Go to that person. But friends, when you go, go in love. Love should be the first requirement for any of us. Remember the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 13, If I have not love, I gain nothing. Before any of us ever go to confront someone, first get rid of the anger. Remember Jesus said in the Beatitudes, You've heard it said to the people long ago, You shall not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister is subject to judgment. And in another place, Jesus said, before correcting someone else, take the plank out of your own eye first so you'll be able to clearly remove the speck from your brother's eye. Go, go to somebody, but go without anger. 
And when you go, go willing to offer forgiveness. Remembering how Jesus on the cross forgave those very people who crucified him. And remembering how Jesus taught, I tell you, love your enemies and pray for them who persecute you. Why? That you may be children of your Father in heaven, Jesus said. For he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good alike, and he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. So first, Jesus is telling us meet with another out of concern. And I believe Jesus is also telling us, second, be honest with compassion. Jesus said, and tell them. Go to a person and tell them, Jesus said. For some, some of us, this is very hard. But remember again, before you get to the step of even going, you've already checked your motives. You've already forgiven and you're already acting out of love. To do what? To try to gain back a lamb who has gone astray. Because it's not God's will that any person should perish. St. Paul tells us in Ephesians 4.15, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is, Christ. It's not enough to simply speak the truth. Speaking the truth in love, Paul said, is how we become more like Christ. Third, go with that goal of reconciliation. Jesus says, if your brother or sister hears you, you've gained them. Note that this person that you go to is already your brother or your sister in God's eyes. Now, friends, there are certainly scriptures that exist to be taken very seriously, which seem to tell the people of the church to withdraw from the company of others in certain circumstances. Here's some of them. Second John chapter 1, 9 through 10 says, Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. So if anyone comes to you and does not teach these things, then have nothing to do with them and do not take part in their wicked works. In Titus 3.10, it says, As for a person who stirs up division after warning him, have nothing more to do with them. In Romans 16.17, it says, I appeal to you, watch out for those who cause division, similar type of instruction, and cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine you've been taught. Avoid them. 1 Corinthians 5.11 says, I'm writing to you not... To not associate with anyone who bears the name of a brother or sister if they're guilty of sexual immorality or greed, an idolater, a reveler, a drunkard, or a swindler, not to even eat with such a one. And even Jesus told the disciples once that if they went to a town and the town would not receive their message to shake the dust off their feet and to go somewhere else. 
So what do we do with this in light of the scripture we have today? But given the context of our scripture today, I believe Jesus would have us focus not on the negative parts of those, but on the positive. Not on the withdrawal, but the seeking. Not looking to take away fellowship, but taking every opportunity to reach out. And if they will not listen, take it then to another person to help out. And then if they will not listen, take it to a few, take it to a few, then to the, the church, not as a means of embarrassing a person, but as a means of involving more and more people to reach out to a person in love. Remember, the goal is reconciliation. Jesus once said in Matthew 5, if you're offering your gift at the altar, at the temple in his day, if you're offering your gift at the altar and you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift and first go be reconciled with your brother or sister and then come back and offer your gift, you see. In other words, if you've done something in your life to offend somebody else, the impetus is on you or me to, to go and to make it better. But today, Jesus has reversed that. If someone has offended you, nonetheless, it's still you that are to reach out. And if you notice in Jesus' instructions, there's three times that a person reaches out. Three times to reconcile. As followers of Jesus, the impetus is always to seek reconciliation. Interesting, after this passage, Peter asked in our scripture today, how many times must I forgive someone who sins against me? He's trying to clarify what Jesus is saying. And of course, Jesus answers 70 times 7. I had a youth group one time, and we were talking about this, group, this uh, verse of Scripture. And we were talking about what it meant. And, and this young person, 7th or 8th grader, raised their hand. I said, yeah. I said, I, I suppose we can, what this means is that we could stop forgiving other people when Jesus stops forgiving us. I said, I think you've got it. I think you've got it. Of course, in today's scripture, Jesus did say, if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Jesus did say that. But when Jesus said, let them be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector, I can't help but ask this question. How did Jesus treat Gentiles and tax collectors? In Matthew 9, Matthew was a tax collector, and Jesus called him. And then Matthew threw a banquet, and as the eight other tax collectors and sinners all came in and sat down with them, and the Pharisees lost their mind. 
And they pulled the disciples over and they said, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Remember the story? And Jesus knew what they were saying and he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. And then he quotes scripture. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have come to call the righteous, not the righteous, but the sinners. Jesus was an excusing behavior. But he never gave up reaching out. For a person who refuses to reconcile, it's at least Jesus' practice was that it was time for more evangelism, for more love, for more patience, more persistence. Because what's the goal? The goal is reconciling a lamb that the Lord does not want to lose. Jesus told the disciples, Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered, what? In my name, I'm there among them. Whatever you bind will be bound. Whatever you loose will be loosed. Now, Jesus was not sending them out for the purpose to bind people. But reminding them that if we don't show people they can be loosed, then they're going to continue to be bound. We always go with a goal of reconciliation and healing. Fourth, the aim is unity in Christ. So Jesus said, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. The Greek word we translate agree is simple Nesosim, from which we get the word symphony. And of course, a symphony is created when the various instruments play together in beauty. But they can only play together by following the direction, the direction of the conductor. So it is that we find agreement and reconciliation when we seek the conduction, the direction of Christ. False teachers often use this scripture of ask and it will be given to suggest that some sort of a teaching called name it and claim it. But friends, this is not ask for a million dollars in my name and you'll have it. This is the context of asking in the will of Jesus Christ who is present when we gather how? In his name, which means, is a, it's an ancient phrase that means according to a purpose. Jesus said, in other words, when you're meeting, when you're agreeing on things according to what I've taught you, according to my purpose, in my name, then it will be done. It'll be done for you by my Father. The Greek word we translate by my Father, by my Father. The word is para, which means beside, within his sight, 
you and I know that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. And Jesus is also with us and when we're working to reconcile. When we are one with Christ, one in the purpose of Christ, we are also, you see, one with the Father and one with each other. Hence, Jesus would say in the Beatitudes, blessed are the peacemakers. Why? Because they'll be called children of God. Friends, if you believe you've been wronged, seek out reconciliation and not vengeance. Remember that the last prayer of Jesus for his disciples was, Father, let them be one, as you and I are one. Philip Yancey, an author, wrote of a trip he took years ago to South Africa where he met a remarkable woman named Joanna. She was of black and white heritage, and she herself had suffered under apartheid. After its banishment, Joanna felt called to minister at the most violent prison in South Africa. It was a prison where Nelson Mandela had spent several years. Gang members controlled the prison and required new members to earn their admittance to a gang by assaulting undesirable prisoners. Prison authorities often looked the other way. And alone, this young woman started going each day into the prison. And she brought a simple message of forgiveness and reconciliation. She organized small groups for those that were willing. And she taught trust games. And got the prisoners finally over some time to begin opening up about the details of their horrific childhood and life. And the year before she began her visits, the prison had recorded 279 acts of violence. The year after she began her work, the prison recorded two acts of violence. Joanna's results were so impressive that the BBC sent a camera crew from London to produce two one-hour documentaries on her. The author, Yancey, met Joanna and her husband at a restaurant. And in the meal, he asked, he asked Joanna for specifics on what had, what had happened to transform that prison. And he said, as I asked that question, her fork stopped on the way to her mouth. And she looked up and said, well, of course, Philip, you understand, God was already present in the prison. I just had to make him visible. And so it is. When there's disagreements, seek to find where God brings together. For Christ freely gave of himself to reconcile the world with his Father. And that means that we can stop trying when he does. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our final hymn is found on 568. Christ, for the world we sing. We'll sing the first and last stanzas. 
Let us stand as we're able. these words of benediction. May the love, mercy, and grace of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen. Go in peace. Amen.